0: all right we're back circling back podcast presented by Vizzy hard seltzer the only hard seltzer with vitamin c and superfruit acerola my name is will DeFries, to my right david ruff good morning
1: will very happy to be here to podcast with you. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday morning, as you noted, and um, we didn't get a, a, a drop of rain at my house. Really, totally threw off my watering schedule. Yeah,
0: it's lush as hell down at my crib right now. We just is got it? we just got foliage everywhere. Oh, which is good for the, the the all the allergy boys out there. I thought you were referring to your alcohol problem. No, what? The, how, you just think I'm a lush? I am kind of a lush. Lush is a good term.
1: Yeah. Needs to come back. Yeah. Would you rather be a lush or, like, called a lush,
0: a drunk, or an alcoholic? Oh, a lush, for sure. Lush lush, a lush is a harmless kinda... way of accusing someone of having an alcohol problem. Yeah,
1: lush is probably a little too playful. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone you know has a serious issue, like, you shouldn't be like, oh, what a lush. That's like what your mom would say. My, yeah. mom, my mom would be like, oh, David, smell like a, you're a lush. It's a bad impression of my mom if you've ever met her, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't. Let's just.
0: Maybe we can bring. Uh, maybe we can keep lush out of the the vocabulary. I think it's better than just accusing someone of having like a straight up alcohol problem. It's kind of the starter. It's the starter version of just being like, "Hey, maybe slow it down a little bit."
1: I can remember my mom waking me up in my childhood bedroom room, like senior year or something. I slept in like on a Saturday. I used to sleep in a lot more back then. Probably because I didn't have children. Yeah. And uh, she would open the door and she'd be like, oh, my God, it smells like a bar in here.
0: We we went on spring break my senior year of high school. We went to a, a resort and all – all what what's it called?
1: All-you-can-eat, like
0: CC's? Whatever it is. All-inclusive resort in Mexico with all of our, our buddies. And in the room at the resort, they had liquor taps. They were on the wall. And you just put your glass up and you, you could just get yourself a glass of liquor whenever you wanted. And so for a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds, like this was reckless, reckless to have Wait, in the rooms.
1: Like a fountain, like drink. Type no, situation? it was almost
0: no, they they were they were bottles, but you would just put your glass underneath it and then it would fill it from the bottle. And so every day oh, no. when the, the the people would come in to clean your room, they would replace the the bottles that were getting low. And Ooh. before we went on vacation, all of uh, some of the parents requested that some of the liquor taps get taken out of the room. Well, they didn't do that because it's a resort in Mexico and they don't care. And one one morning we got woken up around 11 a.m. by our friend's mom and she was just like, get up. It smells like a bar in here. We're like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it literally is a bar in here. Like, I mean, they there's beers in the fridge and then there's liquor literally bolted to the wall. So is it high quality. No, it something, was like
1: something tells me it was uh, you were drinking some McCormick's vodka.
0: Probably and then definitely Cuervo Heaven Hill. or El. I, I think it was El Toro Tequila, the one with the little red hat as the cap. Do you remember this? No, I've never understood the the worm and the tequila.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's something from like the the cartoon days, and I know that there's it's rooted in some truth. Why? I myself have
0: never had the worm. Says larva began appearing in mezcal bottles in the 1950s when a maker discovered a moth larva in a batch of his liquor, and thought the stowaway improved its taste. You should have just turned the lights off. Yeah, this is inspiring. I didn't know that we can get moth content going on with this moth tent. We're gonna bring that back. We could. Randy, put the word out.
1: Put the have- word out to your your meme team. Tell them tell them we're back up on moth. Should you we have see. moth? Should
0: we have moth week in September? Should we do a four-year anniversary celebration of Mothfest?
1: Yeah, we could have, we could have Ross on. <laughs> we That was one of the more ridiculous appearances we made anywhere.
0: I i mean, I, it felt good that we got the RBP invite just to strictly talk Moth memes. He chose the right people for it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we were about five weeks late, and it made him about seven weeks late. We weren't, I think we no, were on top of it. It had, it. you know, what it had quite the duration. Like it was, it was a multi-month event. It was like truck month. It was moth month.
0: We had ZZ coming out as well. People are mad that we're calling it a mediocre song. It's not that good of a song. It's fine. I'm not going to turn it off. I might turn it when there's 30 seconds left though. It's uh, it's great
1: if it's in the background of your TikTok or Vine. Yeah. It's like a quick, quick hit and you just get that beat.
0: I've never heard people listening to it just casually, which tells me that it's just not that popular of a song. So I'm just not well versed in Kodak.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's 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 got some takes. So Dylan's still out. Yeah, he's he's feeling better. Where we we kind of like said, hey man. You're not gonna you're gonna you think you're better. You probably are able to get out and get around. You're not you haven't had a fever in a couple days. But do you really want to be in here trying to do content with a runny nose, a cough, and, like, you know, body feeling bad? Like, no. you don't. When it's That's moving just, week at Wash
0: Media, we need everyone a, at a healthy level. Yeah. I'm, already, I'm already getting absolutely killed by allergies, and I don't need to start questioning whether or not I'm sick to go with it. So I'm, I'm making him quarantine until tomorrow.
1: It sounded like you said quarantine. It's,
0: it's weird. He might like, quarantine. There's a situation where Dylan has taken his last steps in the office, in the lodge. That would be funny
1: if we turn in the key, the keys and stuff so he couldn't come say goodbye. That'd be mean. I'm sorry. That's unnecessary. Are we
0: going to do a Will Smith photo when the lodge is empty? Yeah. Are, are people still doing Will Smith content?
1: Did I see he's going to rehab? What? Maybe I'm wrong. He's banned for the, from the Oscars
0: for 10 years. Oh, no. Oh. Odds that Jada goes without him. Probably pretty good. It sounds like she does a lot of stuff without him, <laughs> What, sexual, uh, <laughs> like trysts. From from all reports, lead to like like Jada just not really liking Will Smith that much. So she didn't want to get married to him. Yeah, like I mean, I I feel bad. Like I sounds like they just might need to go their separate way. It's
1: a weird life cycle. This things have because it's like starts out Will Smith's the bad guy, and then now it's kind of like oh now I feel bad for Will Smith. So where's this going to end up? Because it's like, damn, he's was
0: going. he been going through it for a long time. I just Googled whether uh, Scientologists believe in divorce or not, and it says that for Scientologists, divorce is no simple matter. There's no ceremony recognizing divorce in the Church of Scientology.
1: Yeah, the thing that was going around yes, or a couple days ago, maybe last week, the letter that Willow Smith wrote to um, deceased Tupac, It's just very... Uh, Dave, I miss this. You know, Jada and Tupac had a thing. Yeah. Didn't they go to prom together or something? That I don't know. Like, that's very specific. Dude, I think they went to prom together. It's so specific, I feel like it's rooted in truth. But, yeah, it's just really, really just an odd, odd thing. It's like, my mom won't be, you know, just saying how much happier mom would be if, if he was still in her life. And it's like, yo... Oh, you have a dad. Also, you never met Tupac.
0: Yeah. And also, like, your dad has done a very really good job providing for you and setting your setting your life up to a uh, to 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 be a pretty charmed one. Semi charmed. Dude, don't bring up what's his face on this podcast right now.
1: Stephen Jenkins? Yes. It's the anniversary of the of their album. Today? No. I, it's coming up. I know there's been some think pieces. I'm sure they're really
0: good. I've been thinking about some pieces lately.
1: The thing is, Will Smith doesn't even have to
0: cuss in his raps to sell records, isn't that wild? Did you see the Twitter thread about about? I mean, I'm sure I saw it because of the Eve Six guy. Shout, shout out, Max. Steve, yes, about the T-shirts from the MTV festival.
1: Yes, I I I meant to text you that because I but I'm glad you're on it because I I did enjoy that. It was uh, f- from some one-off 1999 show they did for MTV. It was Eve Six on the bill and. Third Eye Blind, probably some other bands. I think it was a full-on tour. And the t-shirts say <laughs> it has the tour dates. It has Eve six. And then the headliner was supposed to was Third Eye Blind. But instead of saying Third Eye Blind, what does it say? It says
0: band did not Ban- authorize
1: use of name. Yes.
0: So it says band did not authorize, authorize youth of name and or use of name and Eve six.
1: And the reasoning was because and, and this is what okay a guy on TikTok actually posted this he was a he was a roadie or on the crew, the sound crew yes. of that tour he still has a shirt which I love he posted it and said oh yeah funny thing the reason it says this is because Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind said if we want to wear a T shirt with their name on it they can go they can go buy one from our our merch tent
0: like what. Does he think that you were just getting a bunch of clout for working, like, security at his, at their shows? Like, that's not – you're just doing your job. It's it's insane. And the, whoever printed that, the, to put band did not authorize use of name – It's the perfect is, print job. Is
1: hilarious. Yes,
0: it's the perfect print job. Like, uh, it's just it just shows how much of a dickhead that – Jonathan what's his name? Stephen Jenkins. Stephen Jenkins. Ooh, I always want to call him Jonathan for some uh, reason. Like, don't get me wrong. Semi-Charmed Life – graduate jumper like all those songs go hard but knowing what we know now about him it just is like okay this guy's clearly a jerk I no
1: i just wish he'd step back from that ledge my friend
0: stop if you look up the third eye, if you look up third eye blind on like wikipedia you can go through all their like previous band members and it's just a, a shocking amount of people that they've churned through this band uh stephen jenkins is the only one who's been there the entire time and then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 other people who have been a part of Third Eye Blind in their tenure. He puts off Mark
1: Cuban vibes. Why? I don't really know. Just trust me. Jenkins began his musical career in 1992 as part of the short lived rap duo Puck and Natty alongside Detroit rapper Herman Anthony Chun. You a big uh, fan yeah.
0: of him? Herman Anthony Chun. Oh, I've yeah. He's a-, a legend. He's a legend back home. Okay. I have no clue who he is. Oh, he wasn't in D12. No, I mean, he could have been. There's 12 dudes that I can only name, name Eminem a lot of and then, like, oh, fuck. What's the dude that died in D12? Rest in peace. Not Obi Trice, wasn't it? No, real name, no gimmicks. Hey, you know what we have going on right now? The tail end of our washedmedia.shop Proof. sale. Proof. That's it. On washmedia.shop right now, you can get every single thing on the site for 40% off. Go check it out. Washmedia.shop. It's going to get taken down relatively soon since we're running low on a lot of stock. But washmedia.shop to get 40% off everything in the store. We are recording voicemails later this afternoon at patreon.com slash circling back podcast. Uh, you can't get your voicemails in at this point, but you can get them in for next week. I guess you can. Uh, no, that turnaround's going to gonna be too quick. Yeah. But go uh, 888-618-4422. Again, 888-618-4422. Yesterday, we did Worst Of with myself, Dave, and the magic bullet, Brett Merriman. Also, go leave a review, and let's hear from our friends over at Hawthorne. Your hair and skin are unique, but finding the men's personal care products that work for you can be like searching for a needle in the haystack. And with Hawthorne, all you have to do is take a short quiz to look, feel, and smell your best. Hawthorne is a premium grooming brand that tailors your personal care routine to your unique profile. First, you just take their quiz. They ask you things like, what's your current rotation looking like? What's your favorite cocktail? Uh, What's your skin type? What's your hair type looking like? Are you a greasy head boy? Dave, are you a greasy head boy? Uh, Yeah. Do you have a sensitive scalp? All the questions. I'm sensitive about my scalp. I I kind of am too. I'm both. Yeah. I'm a little emo when people... Bring up my scalp. I, that's why I don't bring it up. It's a fun quiz. It's really easy to do. It just kind of makes you just dissect everything about yourself. And at the end, I got the Essentials Bundle with all the products tailored to my body type and lifestyle. I got a ton of different products from conditioner, shampoo to deodorant, even some even some face creams, Dave. It's some got moisturizers. A lot of great
1: products. Make it easy for you.
0: Hawthorne takes the risk out of shopping for personal care by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. And if you don't like the products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your feedback. With high-quality self-care products tailored specifically to your needs from Hawthorne, looking your best has never been easier. Take Hawthorne's quiz today and get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to Hawthorne.co and use promo code CIRCLINGBACK to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Promo code CIRCLINGBACK. Hawthorne.co. Promo code CIRCLINGBACK. Were you a big Hawthorne Heights guy back in the day, Randy? Yeah, I can see you just dabbling i never was they were a little soft for me my body started getting into them and i was like what's their hit i don't remember ohio's Ohio's for for lovers lovers. yeah Yeah, i don't know yeah fuck ohio yeah shouts everyone in ohio though uh dave we have a new show it's the number one show on netflix right now Ooh, can i guess what it is yeah
1: Ooh, is it uh marvel related no Mm -hmm. because marvel's not on netflix Mm -mm. no i'd be on disney plus is it the ultimatum it's the ultimatum also Better Call Saul was trending last night right behind Ultimatum. So people are getting geared up for the new season. I, need
0: to, I, need to, I think I just need to start watching Better Call Saul.
1: You'll, you'll definitely enjoy it.
0: Is a 45-year-old Jesse Pinkman going to play a teenager now that they're bringing him back?
1: Yeah, but he looks the exact same.
0: How does he look the exact
1: same? Dude, he's just always kind of looked like shit in that show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're like kind of a drug a druggie in the show, it's probably easy to take a 45 year old and just make them look like that again. Yeah,
1: because he looked 35 in the show.
0: So it's not going to be like the Irishman with De Niro. No, I don't think. I think they should make that illegal. By the way, making actors younger.
1: Yeah, the face younger face software. I don't know what's it called.
0: Deep fake. Well, deep fake should be illegal. Yeah, Randy, you go to a lot of deep fake sites.
1: What was that Family Guy one you sent me? Don't send me that shit. It was like a, it was a crossover. It was Family Guy and uh, Looney Tunes. It was weird,
0: dude. Stop, Randy. It's gross, dude. You're gonna get in trouble. No, deep should be illegal. They're, they're still doing the deep fake uh, Tom Cruise TikTok account. Keep deep out of baseball. I've said that for a long time. Deepfakes are scary, dude. What if you like? What if someone just sent you a video of like you on like Pornhub, just and it's not even you; it's just some random person, like me, actually surfing Pornhub. I mean, it could be. I'd be like, "All right, who who told you? Who who? How'd you access my it's my just camera?" Scary. They can make anyone do anything. Anyway, <laughs> the ultimatum first caught my eye because it takes place in Austin, Texas, which I kind of love. I don't know why they chose a random Marriott in downtown Austin, Texas. Are we giving tax breaks to these companies? Uh, that is a
1: thing. I mean, there's reason, like you hear about, about like Hollywood doesn't shoot in New Mexico anymore because of their lost the tax break or I don't know if it's New Mexico, but there's places where they go that are like more beneficial to them between but this and I don't 20 think, something's no, Austin. Not. I'm like, I feel like we're giving I think Austin's just a cool town that yeah. they want to hop in on that. Like, Ooh, everybody's, everybody loves Austin. People want Austin content, even though they don't, they don't they leave don't really... the hotel. They don't leave the hotel. Thus, far, I guess you would know. Like I've only watched one episode, but
0: they, uh, they don't make it like we're in Austin, Texas. No, in Yeehaw. They end up going to uh, the, from the Marriott to the Aloft hotel, so they can they can be married to. So, okay, the premise of this show is fucking ridiculous. The premise of the show is that these couples are going to be on the show. Six couples. When they've been dating for about two years each, I'd say two, two and a half years. All these people are pretty young, except there's like one guy who's 30 and then everyone else is like 26 or younger. And one person in the couple wants to get married. The other person wants to wait. These people are in love with each other, so they claim. But what they do in the show is that they take these couples and they put them to a test. They essentially let them date each other, choose another person from the crop of people to go live with for three weeks as if they're married. And then after that three weeks is up, they get back together with their old person to see if they're compatible for marriage and if they want to see it through. There are so many issues with this show that I don't really know where to begin.
1: Well, let me say, when you said that you were in on this and I think you texted Dylan and I last night, you're like, by the way, just a heads up, I'm watching the show and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. As I've already plowed through 75, 80% of the Marvel universe, I am. Uh, I was like, okay. I'm looking for something new. The playing game that I was watching wasn't particularly close, and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Did not know it was a Nick
0: Lachey joint. So Nick Lachey does something, and I don't know who pointed this out to me. If it was a video that I saw online, and I'm just hijacking this, I apologize. But in Too Hot to H- or no, in whatever other Nick Lachey show he hosts on Netflix, he introduces his wife, Vanessa Manillo, or Vanessa Lachey. And he says, like, Dude, this geez. is this is Vanessa Lachey, and obviously, I'm Nick Lachey. He throws the obviously before he introduces himself. Is it obvious that you're Nick Lachey?
1: It's pretty, yeah.
0: To us, it is, because we saw 98 Degrees. He was an SAE at Miami, Ohio. They called, uh, they called the weight room in his frat house uh, the Nick Lachey Memorial Weight Room.
1: That's really cool. People don't talk about it's that It's a cool enough.
0: tribute. Um, I don't think it was an actual. I don't think they actually ma- did, the, did, like, the, the process of getting that dubbed the Nick Lachey Memorial weight room. I think it was more of a bit, but it's a bit that I enjoyed.
1: It's a good bit. And he's a guy I have fond memories of, not particularly because of his music career, but his his short-lived reality career uh, with Jessica Simpson. What was that show?
0: I don't remember what it was called. I, I barely watched that just because I didn't care about them enough. I think I had a crush on Jessica Simpson and I think I might've been a little annoyed that like he was a part of it.
1: Newlyweds. Classic. Yeah, no, it was a good show. I mean, it was good in the sense it was like she leaned into her role, and she was really good at it, and he just went and played golf with her dad. It was like every episode. It was just him and the dad. (laughs) Where were they living? Were they
0: living in, like, the Dallas area or something? I don't know.
1: She's from Plano or something, but – it was just it would every episode I felt like it was like just Nick Lachey like feet up like t- with his you know phone in his hand and they would just go play they'd go play eighteen
0: at like a very nice club. So it's Love Is Blind that he hosts where he just goes yeah and obviously I'm Nick Lachey. So he's doing Love Is Blind in this yeah so he's doing well. Um, the the the, the uh, I'm trying I'm having trouble trying to figure out how to talk about this without giving any spoilers. Well, let me say before we even get into
1: the meat of the show they have a a moment where they're talking to the cast and they're just kind of giving them a pep talk. And like, you know, we, uh, we, we took a break, um, for a while when we were dating and, you know, each saw one other person and like Nick's face, he was, had, he was hiding the biggest smirk. And I'm just like, dude, what did you do in that time? Cause yeah. His face said (laughs) it was
0: not one person. Like so are you thinking that he might have gone a little little crazy and Vanessa was out there trying to be like I mean holstering string yeah, yeah, a little bit? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like what celebrity did Nick Shea hook up with? And it was I bet he went back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He went down to Cincinnati. Took him 3 days on the train. Okay. Why are they taking a train to Cincinnati? What train oh. takes 3 days? Like where are they going? Where where are they even coming from?
1: It's a great question. One of the greatest songs of all time.
0: Well, so they, they, they take these couples, they put them all in the hotel together and they tell them to go mingle because they need to find someone that they're going to live with for three weeks. And so they're all in the same general area of a rooftop bar in Austin, Texas, flirting and conversing with other people in front of their significant other. And then they start referring to their significant others as their exes and things like that. I just can't, I can't, I can't understand how you could actually go through with this and think it's a good idea to get married. You're a swinger now. So
1: obviously, it begs, it's like, okay, it's like any reality dating show. Like, how much do you really, how much are you really taking this relationship seriously? Because if you really wanted this to work out, first of all, ultimatums like that, and this is a big player in the first 20 minutes. I think most people agree that's not a good thing to do if you're looking for a positive outcome.
0: Yeah, if, like ultimatums, I feel like, rarely actually work out I mean, they don't work out to benefit both parties. a red line, if you will.
1: Um, but there, you do get you do get some couples that it's like, okay, they're believable." Like, but some of them are like, well, the, the or the, the girlfriend, she wants to be there because she just wants to be on reality TV and see other guys, and the dude just got dragged along. And there's a number of those couples in there.
0: Oh, there's a number. And the dude, like, not not to get ahead of myself or if anyone's going to watch this show, but like some of the dudes that get dragged along, these guys are ready to move on. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to talk to this girl for a while and maybe like just date her and fall in love with her. I think
1: it's worth watching. Like I did not want to start, you know, I've, I've had my issues with The Bachelor in recent years and I, this is. This felt like a, a much more
0: fun watch. How many episodes is it? I don't know. And I'm scared to find out that there's going to be like more dropped later or something no, like that. No, no, no. Did you, uh, did you enjoy one of the girls' name is, is Ray? R sure. uh, A E. Sure. She had a quote that is a pretty good resume builder for anybody out there like trying to look for a girl. She said, I keep my ass in the gym. My money is right. I cook. I clean. And I know how to fuck.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that caught me off
0: guard. I, I was already kind of in shock that the show was unfolding the way it did in front of me. And then when she said that, I looked over at Sally in just astonishment. I was like, well, this girl is just putting it literally all out there.
1: It's a good indication that she has, in fact, had sex. Sexual intercourse.
0: And now she's just shacked up with
1: some dude. I'm only one episode in. So wait, do they when they're living with the other person...
0: Like the new people, is it in the hotel? It's in A Loft. So it's like an extended stay. Oh. The, the room's A
1: Loft lo- across from uh, Stephen of Austin? Correct.
0: Oh. And what? Good little bar in there what at bo- Caroline's. What bothers me about it is that, like, it's. it's you're, a, fucking? you're in a hotel room. Right. So you're going to live three weeks in a hotel room with somebody. Like, there's not that much you can do. So they're just asking for these people to, like, cheat on each other eventually, I assume.
1: Also, and, and can it,
0: Netflix not afford something better than, like, the Loft like, Extended Stay Hotel? No offense to the people that use that, but, like, it's Netflix. You, it's one of the most profitable companies in the I'll world. I bet
1: the Loft. I mean, you've seen more episodes than I have, but it feels
0: like it would, they would have a very nice... It's fine. You see, like, the, I mean, one of the dudes has to sleep on a love seat.
1: Because the girl doesn't want to
0: share bed with somebody, which I understand. You're oh. you're dating somebody.
1: Yeah, that's something they never really address in the first episode. Like, none of the couples have the conversation of like, "Hey, make sure you don't do anything physical." That doesn't come up, and I I almost think that maybe the producers are like, "Don't bring that up at all."
0: Yeah, they probably just edit that straight out because they know that they like are going to end up doing something physical.
1: Yeah, I- the only other the only other note I have on this through one episode is. Uh there are two people who feel like plants, one couple who feel like they're just there to God damn it for the wrong reasons. I don't there know. There you go. There you it's go. Col- it's Colby and and Madeline. Oh, yes. Because she's she just is based he looks like a total cuck for the first half of the show. And then once he gets out and starts mixing it up with um the others, he's killing it. He's like the one of the most coveted guys. So I'm wondering because he played it. He played it pretty well because he's the one who issued the ultimatum to her.
0: Yeah, and she she's definitely in the camp of people who's like, well, I'm gonna have fun on this this television show instead of uh, think about marriage. Here, is it an ultimatum if, say, you're dating someone
1: for four years, five years, man, four years. You're living in your hometown. You're not living together. You're just kind of trying to get your your feet. On the ground in the in the legal world and then you get an opportunity to go work with a, a buddy in lubbock and you're
0: so trying good. to get really this specific. Person,
1: right now hypothetical you're trying to get that person to go to lubbock with you and you're going to live together there and while you're driving into the airport this person looks at you and says you know i'm not moving to lubbock unless with you, unless like there's some talk about engagement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be an ultimatum, Dave. So I think I am a yeah. Maybe I am. A, hopefully, I'm the exception. But well, I did. I did end up. It's weird. I, I I'm like stopping myself. Like I'm going to spoil something. I did end up proposing. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I I was going to say you did get married at some point. I'm trying to remember when I did it. Well, I, I did it before we moved to Lubbock. Well, I was confused because when I pressed play on this show, I was expecting to see like Matt Damon. So you know how like Fast and Furious they do All like right. the Fast and the Furious, Fast and Furious, The no. Fast Five, everything. And I was like, Oh, this is sick. I get to no. watch a new Ultimatum movie.
1: No, I see. It's not. Ultimatum was one born movie.
0: I know, and I thought this was gonna be like a prequel or something. What would it what would that even look like? He has an identity. And it's not Jason Bourne.
1: He has to like go live with multiple women to to realize like who he really
0: is. Yeah
1: all the mean it, all the while they he ended up sleeping like with all teams. of them so he
0: had to go in the witness protection program so he didn't get canceled oh, okay yeah
1: that's actually a pretty good premise yeah yeah
0: people didn't realize that the born ultim- or the born series was just f- stemmed from a bunch of couples who hate each other say what you want about mad damon
1: if there's a born movie on i'm not turning it on no
0: it doesn't matter i've never I'm seen watching. the one without him though Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I, I saw it in theater. It was not. It wasn't bad. I've seen conflicting reports about Jeremy Renner. Some of some of the, those reports uh, make me concerned about supporting him as an actor.
1: Yeah, as a, as someone who might hop into what Hawkeye. That's his Avenger character. Oh, see, he's, dude, you he can't just, do Avenger content when he, I'm here. He like, just, I
0: don't know any of this. He's a
1: he's a, a bow and arrow guy. Which I gotta be honest. Of all you dispel a lot of re- reality in the Avengers series and the Marvel stuff, obviously. But the fact that there would be a, a trained killer and like they're like, you know what? You're gonna be the guy who does the bow and arrow. Yeah, wh- like I feel like there's more efficient ways. Like, the you, first of all, you're gonna go through those arrows quickly. Maybe I need to just watch Hawkeye. Is it Hawkeye? Or like Hot Guy, because he's a hot guy. Is he that hot?
0: Well, they offered me a part. But it was for sockeye. And I was like, oh, is it because I'm a sock?" And they're like, no, it's just because you eat a lot of salmon.
1: You drink a lot of sockeye.
0: I do. That's that's also fair. There's a lot of different plays on that for me. So, yeah, I have a Marvel. If someone offers you a Marvel movie, you have to take it, right? Uh, Yeah. I would like to see a list of actors who have turned down Marvel movies and now are just kicking themselves.
1: You know, Terrence Howard was the original uh, Rhodey. Something I didn't know, though. I don't know what Rhodey is. Uh, Rhodes. He, Don Cheadle became. He was War Machine. He was the the other it sounds Iron like a Man porn suit. star.
0: The War Machine. War machine. Yeah. I'm the War Machine. War Machine.
1: Uh, Two dollar you call it all night down at War Machine.
0: Stop. On you call Congress. It. What does that even mean? Like you can just have whatever.
1: Yeah, whatever. Well, drink usually. And they, they're not the best pours. And that, that's, that's a great way to feel like shit. Yeah. I can honestly say I will probably never be in a situation at 37 where I will be ordering a, a $2, you call it.
0: What's the age that you need to be in order to go to a happy hour like that and not take part in the happy hour and not look like you're just some uppity dude? Cause like, I don't want, I, I, I'm at, I feel like we're at the age and we have solidified our place in life where we don't need to drink well drinks if we don't have to, I don't mind
1: some well drinks, but like if I'm only going to have one, if I'm going, if I'm going to meet Randy and his,
0: Oh, all of his buddies out for a night ne'er, out,
1: ne'er-do-wells
0: and Did they're all much, dressed up. So you got going, a text message or something like that uh, they were out. Yeah.
1: By the way, Randy, I'm definitely in for that next week. Um, And they're like, yeah, we're just go to happy hour. And I'm like, well, I can come get one drink my one drink's not going to be a well whiskey. No, exactly. I'm going to get a I'm going to get something decent. I'm going to get, you know, I don't get out that much. So in that hour I have out at happy hour, I'm going to at least get something I'm going to enjoy cuz I'm not going to pound a Heaven Hill vodka soda.
0: Well, that's why I get myself in trouble these days with martinis because I'm still operating under the assumption that I can drink like five vodka sodas and just be completely fine. And then I have three martinis and I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. That's a mistake. Vodka
1: soda is much more drinkable.
0: Yeah, it's just a huge mistake on my part. I gotta get it together.
1: Plus, I'm not that high maintenance when it comes to vodka. I'll I'll do Tito's all day. Yeah. Tito's are deep eddy and I'm good. And those are not expensive.
0: No. Tito's is intentionally like not expensive. It's perfect. Yeah. Can we talk Saudi Golf League real quick? Quite a pivot. Yeah. Do I need to stick with this show, Ultimatum? Yes. uh, So if you're out there and you're questioning this show, uh, my recommendation is last night I watched three episodes. They're an hour long. Yes. I spent three hours watching this show, David. What is wrong with you? Once I got to episode two and things started transpiring there, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And the way that episode three begins is one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen in reality TV show history.
1: Can't wait. This is from episode three. So I watched episode one knowing that this is probably going to be the worst episode because they're not we're not getting into the. We're getting we're getting it set up. We're meeting the people and then we're getting a little bit of mingling. But like the real the real uh, meat of the show is coming Apparently, episode two and three.
0: At the end of episode two and the beginning of episode three, I, I can't vouch for anything after that, but that is why I'm so all in on this show because it's just wild.
1: And I'm not a guy who I don't watch a lot of these shows. Will, you know, Will's I'm in the reality Love TV Island. guy.
0: You really are, and I I will continue watching this uh, unless I have to watch Hawkeye. There's a world where like I tried to work for the Ringer doing like reality television show stuff, and like I never got hired at Grandex, and we don't have circling back.
1: We would have just replaced you. That's fine. We would have just replaced you with Phil.
0: That's fine. I get that. Shout out Beaumont, Texas.
1: What if Phil was just, he was in your role?
0: Hey, Dave. No, I can't do his voice. That wasn't bad. It's not too bad.
1: Kind of sounded like your father-in-law.
0: <laughs> That's a Phil laugh, right?
1: <laughs> no way. No that was way. not a good Phil. Nobody knows who Phil. People know who Phil is. Club Cool. Club Cool, Phil. Phil Battaglia. Friend of the show. Good guy. Let's talk Saudi Golf League. That's what people tuned in for.
0: Didn't you say that you don't understand why there's like a fallout for the Saudi Golf League? Like you don't understand why people dislike it? Right. That that was kind of what you wanted to go. Yeah, into that's today. that's
1: basically the my thesis.
0: Well, the Saudi Golf League, which has been uh, much discussed on previous podcasts and other places, uh, they have officially announced certain players that are going to be in this. Uh, Of those players, there's some names that you might know.
1: All right, give me the names, and I'm going to tell you if it moves the needle for me.
0: Okay, Uh, we'll start with Jason Kokrak. Fuck yeah. He's already been on record saying that he's solely doing this for the money so he can retire and set his family up. Okay. Out of everyone that's doing this, he's the only person that I've seen that's been very blatant about that, and while I don't think it's excusable, I do think that it legitimizes him in my mind a little bit more. Cause I'm like, you know what? At least you're being honest with us about this. You're he's not a, trying to skip around it.
1: He's a big gambler. Is he? Big gambler. I think he's a big Vegas guy. Like,
0: was, so he's, he could probably potentially a, blow through this money quickly.
1: Oh, yeah. Blowing money fast. It's
0: he's, weird that guys that uh, have gam- potentially have like giant gambling <laughs> debts, are entertaining the Saudi Gulf. Yeah. Uh, another guy, Dave, he's a little older. Maybe not as a uh, maybe not as sexy of a pick the, the, at this point, but uh, Lee Westwood does that move the needle for you? No, that
1: Lee on Twitter's become a little unhinged. I don't know if you follow him. I have
0: not. Is he following the Phil Mickelson uh, social media plan? Um,
1: yeah, but he will chime in. He will if if there's something a joke issued about an English player or uh, a journalist says something about him. He will respond. He clearly searches his name. That which I don't tell me that is a bad
0: look, but I love it as a as someone who does content. Now I'm going to try to start getting. I want him to quote tweet me now and just talk shit to me. Uh, Another name, Dave. uh, This one might move the needle for you a little bit because he's got zany style and he's fiery. Uh, Ian Poulter. Oh, Poults. I already had all the reasons in the world to hate Ian Poulter, but now that he, I mean, this goes for every guy that's joining the Saudi League. I'm glad that they're doing it just so we have like heels now that we can actually just like lean into and hate when they're in other tournaments.
1: Well, it's tough because I, I kind of started to enjoy Poulter the last few years. Um, I was like, you know what? There's no point. Yeah. He, he's annoying at the Ryder Cup, but that's what he's supposed to do.
0: That's awesome that like he takes it that seriously. Oh, if he was, an, if, if we had an American that drained putts at the Ryder Cup like him, then we, we'd all love him. Like, who's our, who's our, Closest comp,
1: Bryce JT.
0: Like, I don't even know. I feel like we're. I'm just overlooking someone. Well, didn't Chef go undefeated last Ryder Cup?
1: Yeah, but Chef Chef doesn't talk shit. Yeah, he doesn't get. He doesn't get the squad psyched. No, he does not. He is a. He is a good player, as he is the number one player in the world. Also, Masters champion.
0: Uh, what about Kevin Na? I like Kevin Na to an extent, like. He's the one that surprised me the most. I'm He's, like, I feel like Kevin Na's got a pretty good standing in the PGA Tour. Like, he doesn't need to go Saudi. He does a lot of dorky shit, but
1: when I say I like him, I like that he is a personality on the tour. He's not my guy. He's your guy. You I think I said. was at the – was it Colonial where he put, I had like a
0: 14 or something? Yeah, something like that. Valero, Texas Open. Was it Valero? San Antonio. It was Valero.
1: I th- I think he played Colonial shortly thereafter, and I was there, and they're like, oh, yeah. He, this is the dude who had the yips nasty.
0: Well, he's the, he had the video of him throwing a ball into the rough at the U S open a few years back, just complaining about it and taking the most half-ass swings, trying to get it out, being like, it's unplayable. I can't do this. This is insane.
1: Well, everybody has to hit out of it eventually. Yeah. So.
0: Just don't hit it in the rough, dude. I would yeah, that's like your whole game. The final name that they've named as one of the marquee players, Dave is Bubba Watson. <sighs> Team Jordan. Is he a Jordan guy? He's a Jordan guy now. Bubba surprises me in a way. He's, I feel like he's actually had a, a pretty good stint of PR runs, right? Like lately, where people don't hate as much as they used to because he's not just like ridiculing Ted Scott and everything.
1: Well, I, I've said this about like everyone we've named except for Lee Westwood, but like, I'm one of those people. I I loved Bubba early on. Mm-hmm. Then some then. As I started getting more into into golf and, like, reading the chatter about, like, and noticing, like, oh, man, he's not great to Ted Scott, is his caddy, coincidentally. Um, now, Scotty Scheffler's caddy. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh, I'm kind of out on him. And then he switched. He was a, a Travis Matthews guy. Mm-hmm. He was an early Travis Matthews guy. Then he switched to Oakley. Yeah, you can't be the Oakley guy. And, like, we were like, dude, he doesn't seem that cool anymore. Like, Oakley... It's just a, I, when I think of Oakley, I'm sorry. I just think of uh, like a, a single cab truck with just the giant O on the back. And yes, I'm talking about somebody very specifically from my high school.
0: I mean, you just can't be the ugly guy.
1: Yeah, Oakley and like I don't know, but he, dude, like I mean, he was easy to love. He was cried after he won the Masters. He was very, yeah. very well, genuine, he, and he, he had the he had the the great flow. He wore the visors. He looked great in a visor. Still does, but. Now, are these guys allowed to play in PGA events? That's the question. That is the question. I don't know if that – if because I I don't think these guys – have
0: they officially been announced or is this just kind of – Yes, this was official today. And so we have events on the schedule. In July 1st through the 3rd, they're going to Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland. Then they're going to Trump National in New Jersey later in the month. Okay. Um, No controversy there. They're going to Boston, Chicago, Bangkok – I mean, like they have they have events on this at this point. Uh, it says the eight event series will have over thirty million up for grabs. The Centurion Club will offer a nineteen million dollar purse for the forty eight man field. For just one purse? Yeah, that seems like a lot. That must be a Birkin. Don't don't show my wife.
1: You know how she spends, Randy. Why would you know that? Don't answer that.
0: What The fuck. Uh, so Sorry. that was the per- that was the purse for the Centurion Club. Uh, Is that just where? <laughs> Never mind. I would rather I
1: would rather play at the Centaurian Club. It's just a d- cent, just a centaur.
0: It must be hard. To, I, Randy the, knows what's the, what's the lower body movement of a centaur in their swing. <laughs> Randy could probably help you with that. He's the one sending those videos. out. Oh help. yeah, you are always watching those. A
1: King's Quest crossover.
0: This says the eight event series. Oh, I'm sorry. It says the first seven regular tournaments will carry a 91 million dollar or sorry pound purse before an individual champion is crowned for the remaining events, and a total purse of 22 million pounds will be offered for the top three individuals of the season.
1: Okay. Well, so Greg Norman, the much maligned Greg Norman, I saw his quote, and there is one thing that he did say that sounds kind of cool. It's Whereas the the 400th player in the world may not get an opportunity to make big money on the PGA Tour, like if he finishes – as a top twenty, maybe he takes home a hundred k, but that guy's playing in the Saudi tour.
0: He's taking home like then two million. Out,
1: yeah, and if he wins, he's gonna. And I don't know what the eligibility is gonna be, but like I definitely want your
0: brother in law to. to i have already tried. I've already I've already put it in writing that if he tries to get on the tour, that I'm gonna be his caddy. It will it be a good look for me. No, but like that fifteen percent that I get from his winnings, like I mean, sure. I can. We can use that around here to just blow the company up. So I, I feel like I have to go do it.
1: Didn't Vice get a big cash, in, cash influx from the Saudi Arabia at some point? I, I swear, knows? I
0: swear that's a thing
1: from a few years ago.
0: Real or fake Vice
1: investments? Yeah, we could do that. That would, that would play the virality. Let's now, I don't. I would much rather watch like a, a par three tour. Or, or like, a gimmick golf tour where, like, or a tour where they
0: have to play with old persimmons. Like, anyone who says they're not going to watch this is lying. If it's on television, we're all going to end up watching it. That's another question. What are the TV rights? I don't know.
1: It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. It's going to be on, like, Paramount or some shit, and I'm not going to pay for it. You can can use my I don't care. I don't care what happened. I mean, there's no. I pay for Paramount, dog. I don't care. Do you really? I do. Let me get that login. Yeah, actually, I, do. I think we do too. They do
0: Champions League on there, and okay. they also have like other things that I've gotten into. It's not. I'm not proud of it.
1: Without getting into the laundry list of issues that a um, Saudi funded uh, golf league presents, mm-hmm. it is. I, I don't care. I don't care if Bubba Watson takes home like twelve million dollars because he won a tournament. Like. He won a tournament with uh, what is presumably going to be a weak field that I probably didn't even watch on TV. And that, to me, like, oh, man, he made so much money. That doesn't
0: affect me at all. I don't care. The money doesn't necessarily affect me at all. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's cool
1: for, like, a dude who's been playing on uh, the Canadian tour or something, you know, who's been just grinding. That is a cool story. Oh,
0: I'll be cheering for the other guys more than the, the regular, like – I mean, more than like the PGA Tour pros that we know. If there's if there's unknowns, I'm a hundred percent going to be cheering for them. Like, are they they're going up against other tournaments too? Well, not really. Yeah, they I are. Don't fucking know. like they're going up against the John Deere Classic, the first one. They're going up against the. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're going up to John against John Deere, and then they're going up against. It looks like the... Nothing
1: runs like a deer.
0: It looks like they're going up against the Rocket Mortgage. In, uh, that's in Detroit.
1: Fuck. You can't know. You can't know. No way. Nobody, nobody's taking down the Rocket Mortgage.
0: Uh, they might. Who knows?
1: Where is that played?
0: Uh, I don't know where it's played right now. I think they had some issues with it. I think it, like, it wasn't going to get renewed for a while.
1: I would be much more I'm just thinking of different golf scenarios, but it would be a lot cooler if A, if it wasn't um a regime such as Saudi Arabia funding it. B, if it wasn't just regular golf. No, it would it was like it was like wolf or maybe something easier to follow than wolf. There's
0: an angle for somebody with a lot of money to create some type of tour that could be much more uh like th-
1: I'm down for bits, man. Yeah, they don't if need you're to,
0: gonna have a rival league. They don't need to make it like a four or three or four day thing. They could they could just have like one big day. I don't know. I always I always enjoyed watching the Skins game back in the day. I always thought that was commanders. Fun. Are the commanders. What? Huh? Oh, sorry. Okay, I just understood what you said.
1: We're doing sports.
0: Yep. You you know football references are lost on me at this point. Hopefully,
1: I don't know. Hopefully, if if a league like that that we just talked about gets gets spun up, like hopefully the person the 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 country or the group funding it didn't. Um, also have a hand in 9-11. That's all I'm saying. I think that's a good take. Right. Dave, you get my like, good bad. take award for the Objectively day. bad, Randy. Yeah. Unless you want to argue that one. Randy yeah. hates the objective subjective thing.
0: Is it because he doesn't understand it?
1: No, he understands it very well. And he, <laughs> every time it's brought up, I always look right at him. I don't know how Dylan sits
0: in this chair. I can't stop just wanting to talk to Randy. I know. Which I doesn't
1: help because there's two of us.
0: Sometimes if I like, I I always if I crack a joke that I it, that entertains me and you guys don't even hear it or you don't respond to it because it's not actually funny, I always just over look over at Randy hoping that I can get a rise out of him to make me feel just good. If, yeah, Randy, if my jokes are just falling flat one day, you just need to give me some pity laughs just to keep my head in the game. Do we need to have his mic on? No, I know. Like, just for some occasional... Maybe on this weekend and fun. Some Randy gimmicks. Yeah. Let's hear from our friends over at Solo Stove real quick. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and actually enjoy the fire. And right now, you can get a great deal in a Solo Stove fire pit. Have you been blazing this thing in your backyard?
1: I have. I, uh, you know, I'm someone who suffers from, from allergies and I, I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of campfire smoke. I don't like smelling like it, it makes me. And Solo Stove, when they sent me this, I was, um, very happy because you don't get any of that. It's very limited.
0: You know, if you're doing a campfire on the beach, if you're doing something like you, you always just walk up from it and you're absolutely reeking of campfire for the rest of the time. Your
1: bed's going to smell like it. Your clothes. You have to
0: wash your clothes. You have to shower off. If you're just having people over for a couple drinks in the backyard, there's no better place to, to get a little warmth and a little fire and ambiance than a solo stove. Upgrade your backyard with a solo stove fire pit. It's the perfect catalyst for getting outside and spending more time with family and friends. And you can build lasting memories around the fire pit itself. Their fire pits are brilliantly engineered. They're made with premium grade 304 stainless steel and a 360 degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. It kind of looks like a fire pit of the future. It's easy
1: to move around. It's fairly mobile. They're real
0: light. Yeah, it, you know, me depending on
1: depending on what part of my my yard, not that I have a huge yard, but you know, I like to switch it up. It only takes like a couple
0: pieces of starter too, so it's kind of easy to get started. Easy. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Your fire's blazing in minutes. Blazing. Burnin' and not concern in what nobody want to say. Right. Shop now and get 30% off all fire pits all month long and use promo code STEAM at checkout for an extra $20 off. Plus, you also get a lifetime warranty and free 30 day returns. Just go to solostove.com and remember you get $20 off when you use promo code STEAM. Solostove.com, promo code STEAM for $20 off. It's time, Dave. Let's talk Tony Hawk.
1: Ooh. Big I documentary. We were gonna talk about that, that dolphin that attacked its trainer.
0: I I must have missed that in the news cycle. (laughs) Video sucks. (laughs) It's on Chive TV. It's alive. Tony Hawk documentary dropped on HBO. Uh, To everyone who reached out telling me to watch this, uh, thank you for thinking of me. Uh, To everyone who hasn't watched it and you're interested or or you were interested in skateboarding or you did a little skating back in the day, highly recommend watching this.
1: This thing plays for... People who weren't have no idea about skate culture. Like,
0: Sally got sucked into it and she didn't even want to watch it in the first place. Yeah. She ended up
1: being like, okay, I'm kind of invested at this point.
0: I, I could I
1: could hear Alyssa in the kitchen just kind of watching, like uh, kind of over my shoulder.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Very interested. Mm-hmm. Were you a Tony Hawk guy back in the day? For the most part, yeah. I was not so when I got into skating, it was I know he won like the X game street. But I was more of a street guy, never a vert guy. And that's obviously what he's no- most known for, his vert stuff. So, yeah, I was like, oh, Tony Hawk's cool. But I was never a person who was like, oh, who thought it was uncool to like him. Yeah. I those mean, people did exist.
0: In 1999, when he did the 900, it was like you ke- I was 12 years old and he was a skateboarder and I liked skating. Like it was kind of tailor made for me to be into him at that point. He also dropped an autobiography that he wrote when I was in eighth grade, and we all just read it and kind of not, we didn't get obsessed with Tony Hawk, but it definitely was our starter drug for getting obsessed with skateboarding. Um, One of the things that blew my mind about the documentary was how much early footage they had of all of these competitions that they had in like Del Mar, uh, wherever they went. Like, I don't, I mean, I think they they were just all along the West Coast, but they had so much footage from back in the day that was such good footage that it almost felt like you were watching a movie set.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed by that. It was high quality. Um, Tony was just a kid, man. A child. There's so much of this I did not know. Like, I knew he had trouble coming up on the circuit that a lot of people didn't respect him. Mm -hmm. A, because he was a kid. And B, he was doing stuff that no one else was doing. And as we find out in the documentary, like, there's people who took issue with him. Seriously. Dwayne Peters.
0: What the fuck's that guy's problem? Dude,
1: that guy... That guy comes out real hot. Looks like a huge dickhead first
0: half of the documentary. Yeah, he hates him. He hates him. All these years later. I mean, I get it. Like, there, with whether it's skateboarding, I, I mean, the only things I can really compare it to are skateboarding and snowboarding, and I guess skiing too. Like, the old guard does not like seeing the new kids coming in. You really have to earn your keep if you're like at the skate park and you want to drop into the mini pipe, like you really got to watch out for the older guys who have been doing it and who know what they're doing. Cause they don't want to deal with like kids just bashing into them. Yeah. And so I get the mentality there, but it's also just like, dude, this guy, this kid's, I mean, obviously they didn't know that he was about to pioneer the sport in a way that no one else could, but it's like, you just hate this little kid. Cause he's, he's blowing the socks off you.
1: Yeah. Also these dudes were predominantly pool skaters and, I never skated a pool. That was never a thing. Now, like, there were skate parks that had stuff that was like a pool, but I never, like, I, we always had that, like, that wish, that pipe dream of, like, we'd stumble upon someone's backyard and they had a drained pool and we would skate
0: it. That never happened. We we just weren't good enough to do that stuff. I could drop in, but in terms of actually doing tricks and stuff, I could just never do that. I I think that the the five months out of the year that we could skate weren't exactly, like, It wasn't conducive to us being any good, but like we had a, we had a a skate park that was honestly pretty mid. And then we had a really nice skate park an hour and a half away that we would try to go to once a month. And like, we just weren't very good at it, but you, I still learned the dynamics of like being a younger skateboarder skating with a bunch of dudes who are like maybe 18, 19, 20, who are probably getting really good and at their peak.
1: Yeah, were you surprised that uh, his dad was such a big player in the uh, early days of skateboard competitions?
0: I had no idea, and I honestly understand why people hated him because of the dad part of it. I would have, yeah. ha- I think, I would have hated him because of that too. It's like the, it's like the coach's son. Yeah, it's it's like it's somehow way worse than the coach's son because the guy's actually planning the competitions. Yeah, I do think it's. I I enjoyed the fact that his dad was so into his son's passion for skateboarding that he was like, no, we need to make this bigger we got to make this official we need to make sure that like if they're skating they're doing it with reason and they're going to make money off of it and profit from this
1: when they introduced the dad you know he's ex navy guy i just assumed that he was going to be a force fighting tony's desire to be a pro skater like i was like oh he's going to be the antagonist here but no it was the opposite it didn't make any sense because it wasn't like he wasn't like a cool dad trying to like dress cool and hang out he, he still no. went out there wearing like his uh like a vfw hat and like yeah. his he
0: short looked like sleeve he... button down like michael douglas and whatever that movie is it oh was... he looked like he looked like a, a a dad that coaches like peewee football yeah it takes it way too seriously
1: and i guess i don't know I it's hard to get a read on like what the what that guy's relationship was with the other skaters dwayne peters uh noted pool skater and punk rock lead singer uh was not a fan as no. we found out later. Wait,
0: who is he? The lead singer?
1: Some California punk
0: band. I only know that because I just
1: Wikipedia'd him.
0: I need to know who it is. Hans. No? Eh, unfamiliar.
1: U.S. Bombs.
0: It, it hard. It's truly hard to say. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not very familiar with either of these, which probably tells me everything. I don't. I don't even want to support that guy after how how much of a dickhead he came off like in the documentary. Yeah. Um. Where the, where the documentary really started hitting was when I could start putting together my memories with the memories from that, and it really stemmed from the 1999 X Games. Uh, I have looked up the 99 X Games results.
1: Was this the 900?
0: This is when he did the 900 in the best Vert Best Trick competition. Because we just talked about the uh, the size of the purses for the Saudi Tour, can you guess how much the the winner of... Skateboard vert won in 1999 at the X Games.
1: Which what X Games is this? This is how many years in? This isn't uh, the first or second. This no, no, right.
0: it's it's been solidified at this point. I think for a few years. I'm gonna say five hundred thousand dollars. No, you, you cannot be further off. This is the furthest off you've ever been in guessing numbers.
1: Fifty thousand dollars.
0: Bucky Lassic won
1: I'd the vert Bucky final Lassie. Bucky
0: Lassie. and got thirteen thousand dollars. Andy McDonald got second and took home five. Tony Hawk got third and took home or sorry. Andy McDonald got seven thousand. Tony Hawk got third and got five thousand dollars for it.
1: This is ninety nine? Ninety nine. So this isn't like the the dark years of skateboarding, which Correct. they did go through. That's that's
0: blowing my mind right now. This is also when they did doubles and they would have two guys skating at the same time. Always like, made me nervous. Yeah, I never liked it. And Tony Hawk and Andy McDonald won that one and they got they had to split a $13,000 purse. So for all this, Tony Hawk probably took home 20 grand for that weekend, which like for being a professional athlete who's probably the best and most iconic of your sport at that time, taking home 20 grand for the weekend seems like nothing. He didn't make shit until the Activision deal.
1: And he basically says that. And there was, and he was didn't he have to take a job as a, a graphic designer? It
0: sounds like he said that he was like coding and stuff. I just can't, I can't believe a world where Tony Hawk was trying to learn how to code because he was scared scared of his skateboarding future. But I also grew up in a world where Tony Hawk had Tony Hawk's pro skater for so long.
1: Yeah, it, that kind of blew my mind that I, I don't, you know, I didn't get into skating until like the mid nineties, but I don't remember there being like a time where like skateboarding was uncool. I don't. No, it was like the cool kids weren't skateboarding, but there was still skate culture, like always. So
0: there was some controversy around the 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 nine hundred, which you wouldn't have known from this documentary. I do think that this documentary is very self serving to Tony Hawk, which it's about Tony Hawk, so I guess it should be. But at that X Games, there were two brothers. Do you remember the Papas brothers? Yeah, Papas and I forget the other one. Toss was the better skater. At that same time, Toss Papas was getting really good at trying to do 900s. He was as close as Tony Hawk was to landing 900s, if not closer, based on the footage that I've seen from both documentaries one about the Papas brothers, one about Tony Hawk. Like he is just as close, if not closer to landing it. And I don't know the actual details of how this all panned out, but what Toss Papas claims is that despite he was actually in this X Games, But Tony Hawk had him removed from the best trick competition because he knew that he was going to try to throw down a 900. And so he went like scorched earth at the competition, was chanting like, fuck Tony Hawk, probably got kicked out before he actually did the 900. But now there's a little ickiness around that whole scene for me. I remember where I was watching it on the couch with my buddy, John, just like getting psyched up for it. And now like knowing that there's another dude who probably could have landed that before Tony Hawk, it's like, oh, this is kind of weird.
1: I remember when I was watching the doc, I remember thinking, like, I bet someone somewhere else with no profile has landed at the 900.
0: They have footage of Toss Papa's training for the X Games before or in 1999. And they have him skating on this really aggressive vert ramp. And how close he gets to landing a 900. He gets closer than pretty much all Tony Hawk's attempts until he lands one in the actual competition. He was definitely going to do it at some point, and he did end up landing it at some point in his career.
1: I did not realize how much of a um, psychopath Tony Hawk was, and how competitive he was. Like, that's that was new to me. Tunnel vision. Uh, yeah, with Which, the nine hundred, with the Mick twists, with all that.
0: It's kind of. I mean, I don't want to sound like a bag right now, but it's like kind of inspiring seeing someone just so dialed in and so dedicated to doing something like that. I don't really have anything oh, in my life. Oh, you were
1: inspired? Cool, dude.
0: I just, I don't have anything in my life that I can like go to and do right now where I get like that kind of willpower behind it. Mm. I feel like back in the day when you would be doing, like even learning skateboarding, it's like, no, I need to, I need to figure out how to do this. Like the repetition of it, you know, it's going to work. I don't have anything in my life right now that requires repetition on like a very rudimentary scale to get me, get me better at something. I just, maybe that's a that's a personal problem.
1: Well, yeah. What are you trying to say here? Man? I, yeah, I need hobbies. Um, just get in, get back into golf, man. I you know, can make this happen. I can't get better at golf. I was um I was pleasantly surprised by this. I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't hear much about it, and then like the people that were gassing it up, I was like, oh, they weren't from my era, and I was like, okay, am I really going to enjoy this? And I did. It was cool to see. He he was kind of honest and was like, basically mentioned he went to rehab. They didn't really say what for. He checked himself in somewhere. I don't know what he was abusing or if it was just kind of like he needed to step back.
0: Pain pills, maybe? I don't know. If I had
1: to guess, like... Like watching, Watching him fall, even like the falls that like they fall correctly, like on their knees and slide down. I'm like... That has got to be so much of a jolt well, to your to your spine.
0: The the ending of the documentary was essentially about how these these guys who have skateboarded their entire lives and are still skating to this day, like Tony Hawk, he's not obviously not skating in competitions, but like he's still skating what they said I think 4 to 5 days a week and he's not like just going out and like doing a kickflip. He's skating vert 4 to 5 days a week and yeah. essentially killing himself doing it. And like all the guys that were talking about it, they were just kind of like, well, yeah, like the damage is already done. Uh, I still love skating, so I'm going to keep doing it. They didn't really, I feel like unless I missed it, they didn't really ask Tony Hawk how he felt about like continuing skating. I don't know if he ever even commented on it in the documentary. But it's scary to see these guys just torture their bodies and slam their heads so many times. When he fractured his skull trying to do the loop, like how do you, how do you keep skating after that at age 57?
1: Dude, when they brought the Bones Brigade back to do that like anniversary thing. And they were all, they were doing that synchronized vert routine. That was just a bunch of like people on the wrong side of 50. I mean, on, on skateboards, man. And that made me very nervous.
0: When I saw that they were doing that, I was like, something's going to like, I bet something goes wrong here. And then sure enough, like, yeah, a bunch of 50 year old dudes skateboarding, something definitely went wrong.
1: Oh yeah, that was Tony was trying to do the uh, he's trying to land the 900 again, right? And just
0: absolutely ruined ruined the fun for everybody. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> kind of fucked that up. Uh, the MVP, you noted this. I think the MVP of the entire documentary was Roddy Mullen. It's absolutely Rodney Mullen. You, that
1: dude's on another planet. I love it.
0: To anyone out there who's not familiar with Roddy Mullen, but played Tony Hawk's pro skater, you definitely know who he is because you definitely did oh, used yeah. him for street competitions where you needed a manual for a long time. Oh yeah. His video when you could in, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, if you would beat the game with somebody, you got their video. His video was so sick.
1: Dude, he is so introspective about skateboarding. It is, it is like a pleasure to watch. Like at first, you're kind of like, is this guy who is what's this guy's deal? And then you're like, Wow, this dude just this dude just uh touched my my soul. Yes. Talking yes. about a vert ramp.
0: He he's I think good friends with Daiwan Song, another street skater who's pretty legendary and there's a documentary i think it's shorter and i don't remember who put it out but they did a daiwan song documentary on youtube and rodney mullen is a very big factor in that so when i saw that he was in the tony hawk one i was excited because he's just an out there guy at this point
1: yeah he's he seems like someone who's done dmt for sure for sure he's got big dmt that. vibes yeah yeah possible mdma
0: like he's at, at the time of filming he's MDMA. doing something yeah yeah Stacey Peralta was pretty good, too. But Stacey Peralta, you can just tell, is a consummate salesman. Like, yeah. he spent his entire life doing Bones Brigade or Peralta, whatever it was. And, like, you can just tell that he, there's a reason that he was successful in it. Because he is an engaging person who will gas you up, who knows how to do this kind of stuff. <sighs> Made me want to skateboard even more, Dave.
1: Yeah. I thought about buying one. I thought about, I was looking at some of those birdhouse decks from back in the day and there's some clean ones, I'm
0: going to end up getting a cruiser board and taking it on some some minor hills at some point soon. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable.
1: You're going to wear a helmet, wrist guards? Yeah, dude, for sure. Wrist guards were the least cool, Mm -hmm. but they were very necessary. I watched my buddy break his wrist twice. And from that moment, I was like, I, I, I have to wear all the pads.
0: You guys accused me of wearing wrist guards when I rollerbladed the other day and I, I poo-pooed it and like made fun of you guys. Like, pfft, No, I didn't do that. I, when I would play roller hockey, I would wear wrist guards because I didn't want to fuck up my wrists. What? Mm-hmm. Not happy with it.
1: Could you even go top shelf? Dude, please. I'm wondering if you could even go top titties.
0: My cousins gave me some hockey gloves uh when i was like 10 years old and they were colored like uh the la kings wayne gretzky hockey gloves were mm-hmm. and i would wear those out to go just dangle in my driveway all the time and i felt like the coolest dude of all time
1: be careful man you can get arrested for dangling in your driveway
0: Stop! I found that out the hard way it's
1: just too horny hey turn your mic up i'm gonna i gotta do a little tea
0: break oh let's let me talk to randy real yeah, quick yeah talk to randy hey randy hi will do you want me to just do the ad read for this weekend and fun right now? Do you oh, want, sure. Do you want to talk to me about Sunday, Randy? Do you ever, Randy? Here, I can talk to you about this. Do you ever worry about the chemicals you're using to keep your yard looking its best? All the time. Yeah, I know you do. Traditional lawn care lays down 90 million pounds of pesticides each year. Sunday is different. They're on a mission to change how people care for their yards. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Their custom plans. Include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn and ingredients like seaweed, iron, and molasses so you can feel good with kids and pets being around. I know Dave has uh, Rhodes and uh, Randy hanging out in his backyard all the time. That's why Davey loves Sunday. All you have to do is visit GetSunday.com, put in your address, and their lawn analysis tool does the rest. They then use soil and climate data to create a personal nutrient plan delivered right to your door when you need it. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It takes less than 15 minutes, and best of all, this stuff really works. And Sunday is now offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans started just $129, and you can get 20% off at checkout when you visit GetSunday.com slash Steam. That's 20% off when you get uh, your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Steam. Randy, because Dylan's not here, what are you doing this weekend?
1: Oh, uh, a whole lot of nothing, hopefully. Why? Well, because I am... Are
0: you still hungover from Las Vegas? I'm
1: not hungover from Las Vegas, but I am definitely uh, financially hurting. I just got all the uh, Venmo
0: requests during this podcast, and I've been doing those, so... Are you sweating right now from anxiety? No, no, I knew that what they were coming, and so hopefully I'll it easy
1: this weekend for the wallet. But, you know, who knows? I'm still in my 20s. Might just go blow it all. <laughs> oh, Okay. Hey, for those asking about my lawn, Sunday. Oh, is that how you get your lawn so dope? Big Sunday family.
0: Dave, what are you getting into this weekend?
1: Man, so tomorrow's Thursday. Got the move. Going to help out with that. Then I got a bail after lunch. Uh, Packing my, uh, my car. Going to pick up my son. And then the two of us are going to Duncanville. And my wife and my dog will be joining us Friday. And, uh, yeah, we're doing Easter early. So we're going to, I'm going to be up there for a couple days. And we're coming back Saturday, got a wedding the night before the day before Easter, a wedding and uh, a guy from college is going to be a bunch of our old college buddies going to be in town for, it, and, uh, yeah, we're doing that. So
0: you're going to be hung over on Easter.
1: Yeah. I am aren't i you're
0: gonna be hiding eggs and like worried you're gonna fall over
1: i gotta remember where we hide them that's a,
0: that was a real problem back in the day
1: you forget where some you'd find a you'd find one like two months later
0: this is his second easter for the Roadsman.
1: man yes this one. will be his first actual mobile able to quote find eggs
0: i'm a little worried about fritz finding eggs I mean, like he's quick on the crawl game, but like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to like sniff it out. He's gonna like go towards an egg and then see my shoe and be like, "No, I'm playing with that." Sure. Shoe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There will be a, a number of things to distract our children. It's gonna end up with me just kind of handing them the egg. I don't even know what we're putting inside of them.
0: They're 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 one year old. Like I right. don't need anything actually in the egg.
1: That's man, you're telling me. Sunday we're doing we're doing a, an old Easter favorite uh, steaks hell yeah we thought about that sounds tight thought about picking up and I was like you know what I've got some steaks in the freezer let's thaw them out let me throw on my coconut aminos stop marinade. with the coconut
0: dude just get soy sauce no bro I'm going coconut aminos I hate it they need to come up with a different name for it than coconut aminos that's what they are but it's amino like why 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 can't you just call it literally anything else. Amino acids. Just call it coconut juice. I don't know if that helps. I don't think it
1: does either. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be playing any golf up in the the Dallas area. I won't really have time for much. I had you playing golf on Friday with the Thursday departure. I'm doing an Easter thing at my in-laws before. So we're doing Friday Easter lunch then Friday Easter dinner at my parents' place.
0: Not a bad situation.
1: It's not. Um, I'm gonna be with Rhodes at my parents by myself.
0: Oh, no pressure.
1: And yeah, we'll just see. He's I think he's coming out of uh what they call a leap, which is just another way of saying, like, he's gonna be bad as fuck for five days.
0: He just started walking. He can already jump.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> can. Dude, that's tight. remember when we went to the new studio and Dylan, like we're about to leave, and Dylan's like, I could, y'all, you don't think I could touch the ceiling. Mm-hmm. we're like, no, we don't. And then he attempted like six times and he didn't touch it one time.
0: Yeah, spoiler alert, Dylan never touched the ceiling.
1: It was just the most random thing. He was like, I bet I can touch it. Like, you know, you've done this before and it didn't end well.
0: I wish there was a way that I could gas my my numbers up when it came to my vertical so that we could like somehow manipulate it that I touched the ceiling before Dylan did. But I don't think that's in play. Something tells me Dylan's got a higher vert than me, and he's also taller than me. That's
1: something you can work on. You said you're looking for something to become
0: obsessed with. Well, like I have my weight, I have my weighted shoes on right now, so I can start jumping higher. Who
1: was it? Which one of us was it that thought Scotty Scheffler was wearing a weighted vest? I'm Micah.
0: Saying? Micah was positive that the vest was weighted. I don't what, know how what that would the help point
1: me? of that be. You. It's already a difficult course to walk. Why would you make it more difficult? Yeah, why would you put on a
0: weighted vest in between shots? It makes no sense. Yeah, it was a theory that I liked, but not a theory that actually panned out.
1: I'm glad, like, I'm glad he had the theory, but mm-hmm. I don't agree with it in any way.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? Not much. Uh, not much. I'm thinking about, and I haven't, I haven't cleared this by anybody yet, but I'm thinking about doing a post-move happy hour on Friday. Randy's hurt, struggling with the wallet, so if he needs some drinks on the company card, he could do that. But I think after the move-in, I think it's just that we go to a bar on Friday afternoon and tip back a couple pops. I wish y'all would wait for me to come back. Well, can y'all just do it Monday? Can I, can I tell you why I want to do this? I'm kidding. Sally's going out with her Dangerous Nights crew at 845 uh, on Friday night, which puts me on on kid duty. And so I kind of want to go out and have a couple a couple beers before I, I head back for the night and settle in to be on babysitter duty. Just Just like one or two beers. What if it's $2 you call it? Then I guess I'm having a uh, Svedka and water. Mm. That sounds terrible. Uh, Then Saturday. Yeah, I'm doing nothing this weekend. Not really much going on. Hanging out with uh, Sally's fam for Easter. Saturday, probably doing nothing. Might take the kayak out. Sally's probably going to be. Did you get your Chacos yet? No, I need to get my Chacos, dude.
1: Fucking disgrace to the kayak community. It's
0: disgusting. It, It is. I'm mad about it. I show up and these dudes are just like, get out of here, dude.
1: Can they even see your footwear while you're in the kayak? Probably not. Can you fish off that kayak? If you I want? could if
0: I wanted to, for sure.
1: Can you, okay.
0: I'm just not very good at fly fishing at this point, so I need to get those skills up before I can actually do that. I I think I'm going to take it out for a little little Saturday uh, row as long as it's not uh, shitty outside. Do
1: people paddle board over by you?
0: They do, but not really next to our place because it's too too wavy because I'm there. Wavy, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Because I
1: like paddleboarding. I want I a paddle, paddle board. But I feel like at peak time, like going to the place where you rent one and do it, it's just kind of a beating.
0: I saw something weird the other day when I was at the public boat launch. I was down there just hanging out with Rosie. And I saw two dudes roll up. These guys were probably in their 50s, maybe even close to 60. They were older dudes. They were both wearing wetsuits. And they both had surfboards with them. Not paddle boards. These are straight up short surfboards, like you'd see Kelly Slater having. And they just went, put them in the water, and paddled out together.
1: What did what did they do when they got out there? Did they just sit on their boards? I I, I didn't look, but I was maybe like, they were training. Maybe they've got a surfing trip and they're just trying to get.
0: That's what I thought. I was like, are these guys just trying to get some reps in and get some like workouts in for their arms or something? But I just thought it was very weird that two guys were just like you know taking their surfboards out onto a lake that uh, you certainly cannot surf on. No. And they had no paddle for paddleboarding or anything. They just went out and just did it themselves.
1: That's really bizarre.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do, I need to know more. I'm going to keep an eye out for him. I'm going to, hey, Randy, let's go paddleboard the next couple of weeks. Let's do it like on a Friday morning. Okay. Randy, thumbs up off mic. Sounds kind of zen. Well, Dylan will be back next week. Hopefully. But thank you all for
0: tuning in and indulging us. We'll see you over on Patreon for voicemails. See you guys later. Bye.